Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Bashmania podcast. Or if this is your first time listening, great episode to pick as your first. This podcast, as wrestling is, is pretty much year-round. But usually once a year, things get hectic, and there's a natural time for a few weeks off. Not really time off in general, but time off from the podcast where I can focus on other things, such as my marketing agency. I run full-time you know, work at the house and the property, family. We've got a four-month-old, et cetera. And this year, it just happened to be end of May, early June. But we're back. This is season four, episode 164. We've got a fun show on deck. Chenzo will also be coming back on soon with some news. And he should be coming back on starting more often, hopefully coming up here. So we'll dive into that in another episode, though. Today, back-to-back NCAA champion Nick Lee of Penn State joining the show once again. This should be a great conversation. Before we dive into that, I want to talk to you about Attack real quick. Attack is an app for athletes, A-T-A-C, Attack. And it's for folks like you and I. It's just geared towards athletes. But it's an AI strength and conditioning coach, a nutritionist, a mentality mentor, all in your pocket. It's the best fitness workout app around, and it's built by wrestlers for wrestlers. And Nick Lee's on today. I'm a Penn State fan. He's a Penn State guy. All you Penn State fans listening Brian Heller is behind Attack, who wrestled at Penn State. So you Penn State fans should definitely be checking out and supporting Attack. By the way, it's free. Download the app, use it, you'll love it. But it's your age, your goals, your program. Leverage Attack. Download the app and take advantage of it and their wrestlers from Jordan Burroughs. Shout out and congrats to my man Jordan. Just made his 11th World and Olympic team. Amazing. Peyton Prusen, Trent Heidley, all in the app. Sarah Hildebrandt. Come and level up with Attack. And guys, Attack is an amazing app. No question about it. But they're also just good people. I've been around this community for a while now and have worked with wrestlers, companies, athletes, clubs, you name it. Shout out Cowboy RTC. who just launched their website last week. Check out the Cowboy Wrestling Club's new website. Um, but I've learned that there are some great people in this sport and there are some not good people in this sport. And thankfully, Attack are the good people actually thinking about having them come on the show soon to talk about attack or they started it where it's going so that should be fun but for now download the attack app atac it's in the apple app and the google play store follow them on social they're attack.app atac.app a huge huge thank you to attack for sponsoring the show i tweeted out a couple weeks ago but whether we do 10 episodes in a month or two episodes a month they really don't care they just want to be along for the ride they want to be a part of the podcast. They want to support the podcast. So I'm truly grateful for Attack. So if you like this podcast, download Attack. Give it a shot. It's ATAC in the Apple app and Google Play Store today. It's Bashamania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you going to do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. We are back with back-to-back NCAA champion, Nick Lee. How are you, man? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm excited to be back and doing a show, and I'm excited for you to be the one. This is technically season four. Great. Episode one of season four, episode 164 overall. But I love having people like you on. Number one, obviously, I'm a Penn State guy and people I run into people and they're like, you know, you should have non Penn State fans on them or non Penn State athletes on. I'm like, I do. We've had people yeah. from every school on here. <laughs> you have had I, a bunch. <laughs> right. Like I had half. I made that Iowa post not too long ago. Like I've had yep. Spencer on Cameron, Marinelli yep. on. But, you know, somebody like you, not only just that you're a Penn State guy, that's not why you're on here. As we develop a friendship and have conversations, that's why I started this podcast to kind of bring those. Yeah, we're texting about the fans in the stands or lack thereof, like stuff like that. Yeah. So we'll talk a bit about that. We'll talk a bit about uh, senior, a bit about college. Let's start. Let's go back a couple months because I don't think we've done a show together since you won another national championship. Nope. What did you think overall of the tournament this year? Um, I thought it was really awesome. Just, I think it's been like a couple of years since we've had 
an actual national tournament, it feels like, right? Yeah. Not that, uh, you know, 2021 wasn't a national, a real national tournament, but just the lack of fans and stuff was a little weird. And then obviously the year before, no national tournament. So it was kind of like uh, nature was healing. But um, it was it was really awesome. I think it went really well. A lot of upsets, obviously, as there usually is. And um, I thought it was just a good kind of showcase for what I thought was kind of the return of college wrestling from COVID. So, yeah. And being like a marketing and branding guy, photographs are everything because yeah. you can make you can really build the brand around photos yeah. in iconic moments. And one thing that I felt bad, specifically when you and Roman won yeah. in 2021, was amazing photos, no fans in the crowd. Yeah. And we're <laughs> going to talk about that in a little yes, bit because I want to sure. dive into that. Yeah. But it, it did seem like that, too. And the funny thing is about NCAAs, whatever you think is going to happen so often, it doesn't. Like, for you, the big storyline heading into Big Tens was – you Rivera and Ironman. Yeah. And then that's and then you and Ironman don't end up wrestling at big tens and then you wrestle and then you don't end up wrestling at NCAAs. Yeah. And, and here everybody's like, this is why, you know, Shane Sparks is spot on. He yeah. hates doing preview shows. Like I yeah. literally talked to Shane for an hour, either Thursday morning or Friday morning in Detroit at NCAAs about how much he hates preview shows. Cause he's yeah. like <laughs> anything you think is going to happen just throw it out the window and, and that's we, that's like the story of the national tournament every year right too, right so yeah so i guess there's a couple different storylines there for you one is when you're as as a competitor when you're watching something like clark from unc at 141 having a tournament of his life what an amazing tournament do you like focus or care about that at all or whether it's ironman rivera clark um, whoever doesn't matter you know it's it's interesting because i would say i think i would have a different answer uh early in my career than right now um it's interesting how like you kind of mature and stuff but i would say like my freshman and sophomore year i was big on like oh sorry my dad's calling me i gotta hang up on him but um <laughs> it's interesting uh my freshman sophomore year i would have said that i really try to ignore all of that um yeah. and i just try to um you know, block it out and focus on myself. And, you know, I still do that to an extent, but I think, you know, for me, as I grow in my wrestling skill and, you know, in my mentality, um, it's almost like it's easier for me to kind of watch, you know, my competitors and kind of appreciate, you know, their journey as well. Um, and it's really interesting. So, you know, I would say just kind of watching him go through that tournament, it was really awesome. And it's a cool story. And I think it's kind of, it says, Hey, like you can do, you know, a challenging, uh, academic, you can, uh, be successful in a challenging academic environment and also be a successful wrestler. And, um, also I think sometimes there's this feeling, especially the way wrestling is going now, it's like, um, the rich keep getting richer. And so yeah. it's nice to see, you know, someone who maybe no one saw coming, you know, come through and be a national finalist. I think that's really awesome. And I think, you know, stories like that are important for the sport. And uh, yeah, he had a heck of a tournament. That dude's a good wrestler. I think he's going to be wrestling for Germany, right? Yeah. It's funny because I know Nomad posted something about all the world team trial qualifiers and mm -hmm. how he's now qualified for the world team trials. Yeah. And Tony's like, no, he's not. He's German. He can't qualify yeah. for the U.S. team trials. He can't. Yeah. He's literally from Germany. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because Burroughs posted something along what you're saying last night, talking about yeah. Chimizo. He's like, I used yeah. to really, really love watching Chimizo. And then we became competitors. I think it was ego or pride. It's like you can't appreciate. And I can yeah. respect that because I just I don't follow UFC too much. But the two dudes that fought last night. Yeah. Or, yeah. Last night, they were just they beat the hell out of each other and they were smiling with each other after. And it's yeah. like, I'm not a, I'm not a fighter. I'm not a combat guy at all. Yeah. So for me, if I'm going to fight, my mentality is like, someone's coming after me or my family. So it's personal, yeah. but when it's wrestling, MMA, whatever it is, like Bo was on here last month saying the same thing. Like, I don't necessarily want to hurt the guy I'm fighting. I no. just want to win because it's a competition, yeah. but it was funny because one of the things you and I were talking about at NCAAs 
I think it was at NCAAs, is we were talking about, I think, the Iron Match or something. Yeah. And somehow Iowa's fans got brought up. Yeah. And your response was was pretty cool because we were talking about it. And you're like, I don't really care if they get too mad. Like they're they're yeah. one of the most passionate fan bases yeah. in the country. Whereas yeah. I feel like it's a common theme I'm seeing where, and I'm guilty of this sometimes where the fans care more than the athletes mm-hmm. because there's so much pride. And it's cool now, I think through social media, you can kind of see um you see wrestlers at different schools, how close yeah. they are. You know, I, I think like David Carr and Aaron Brooks, and you see this obviously different weights, but it's really cool to see that dynamic for you. What did it, has it been like? Obviously you came out on top against Ironman last couple of times you guys wrestled, but I know how much rivalries like that help yeah. you to, you know, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. So that's helping you grow. What has that rivalry been like? Yeah. You know, I think everyone looks at, you know, rivalries a little bit differently and, uh, if you're someone involved in the rivalry, you know, you look at it a little bit differently. Um, and I just think, you know, for me personally, anytime I'm, you know, holding, you know, negative thoughts or anything towards other people, I think that really comes back and harms me. Yeah. And so, you know, I really try to keep the focus on myself, but at the same time, you know, you're looking at wrestling, some really good wrestlers. And so, um, you have to, you know, always think about that. So, um, especially the higher level you get, you know, you're really game planning a little bit more for certain guys. Right. So, um, I think it's been fun. I think, you know, especially with me and Ironman, I think that brought like a lot of attention to at least the weight class in the sport. Right. So, um, that kind of thing is, is, is really good for the sport. You know, people will, that aren't necessarily wrestling fans, um, will, you know, have heard about, you know, the rivalry or the match. And they're just like, Oh man, like, uh, I wonder who's going to win next time. Yada, yada. So I think that that stuff is just good for, um, everyone. And then if you're involved in it, you know, it's, it's good to keep perspective and, you know, got not get carried away, um, or get too emotional, you know, and that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. And it's funny. Another one of the matches that did happen in NCAAs, was you in real woods it was actually mm-hmm. your closest match i think you won three two yeah what was it like competing against chenzo and the opposing co- coach's corner um i just didn't want him to be a clown in the corner uh <laughs> i i don't know i got mad at him for something he was yelling oh he was yelling that i was grabbing the headgear i was really mad at him that. <laughs> like dude come on so but no he i uh it was, it was interesting. I didn't really think about it too much, but uh, it's cool to kind of see, you know, one of my teammates, you know, in the corner, either with me or against me. Right. It's, it's interesting. And it's cool to see him doing, you know, some stuff that he loves to do. So um, I wasn't too worried about it. No, it, it was cool though. I saw you run over there for the handshake real quick yeah. after the match. You're like, I yeah, I usually, <laughs> I usually don't shake hands after the match. Uh, I don't know why. I just don't. I, it's not like I disrespect the other coach or anything. I just usually don't. Um, but yeah, I saw Chins over there and wanted to go say hi. So, you know, because everyone, it, whenever you're back in the tunnel, everyone has to mean mug each other. So I never get a chance <laughs> to say hi. <laughs> I know. It, it's funny being, it, it's funny being in that tunnel. I kind of hung out there a lot. I was actually, yeah. I was going back and forth between press row and the tunnel the whole time with Zeb Miller amazing guy i asked him if he wanted to hop on today he couldn't um but he's gonna be on here soon he's such a nice guy but i when i was going on press row he's like look at what you do is you look for the local media that doesn't show up and then there you can have your seat and it's easier because like if i'm trying to talk to people between matches you can't the for the media it was literally at the top of the arena like the rafters yeah so you can't go up there and do an article or create a graphic whatever and run down so he was like, we went on press row. We're looking for somewhere to sit. And there was a local media that, that didn't show up. And right next to it is UNC's guy. Yeah. So I'm sitting next to him during your finals match. Nice. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, dude, I'm sorry. But he, was cool. <laughs> he didn't take it personal. Like, yeah, he also wasn't a wrestling guy. I was giving him like some yeah. pointers because he was like, what is that technically called? But yeah. a super awesome dude. Um, 
so the last couple of years, there's this common theme, it seems, in your career where certain matches just don't happen. You and Pletcher yeah. was like, I feel like one of the most anticipated matches in 2020 yeah. when it got canceled. And then this year, all the rage was you, Ironman, and Rivera, how that will play out at NCAAs. Yeah. I'm curious for you, if you had one more college match, do you have anybody in particular? For me, I would say you and Yanni, since you guys yeah. both won this year. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not picking a guy there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that would be fun. We never actually – well, actually, we wrestled college once my freshman year. Uh, I don't know. He may have still been redshirting. I was still redshirting. It was at the Binghamton Open, and he beat me. I forget what the score was, but that was our only college match. And yeah, so he won 12-7, um, 2018. Wow, yeah, that was a so while we, ago. We never wrestled each other in college, and there's a bunch of guys. Like, it, It's interesting because I'll kind of look at my bracket, and I'll think about kind of some of the guys throughout my career that have been at my weight class my whole career or I've been around my weight class the whole career or even in my bracket every year. And I'm just like, man, I, I actually never wrestled that guy, but we've been yeah. like, you know, right across from each other the whole time. So that's kind of interesting. But, and then there's guys that you wrestled probably like five or six times. <laughs> right. So, yeah. <laughs> so do you have one guy that you would, if you um, could have like a college all-star match, would it be Yanni? Um, I think that would be, that would be fun. And that would bring a lot of fans. So I think he would definitely have to be at the top of the list, if not near the top. And then, yeah. um, I think like, obviously a lot of people would, you know, watch another, you know, folks out, Nick Lee, Ironman match, um, Rivera, obviously incredible wrestler. Um, I'm trying to think of who else, um, was big matches. I think people would love to see the Pletcher Lee match again. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Those were kind of some of the top matches. Um, yeah. Th those are, those are all, those are all good picks. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd say so. And it's funny too. Now, as you say that, like you have you competing for the U S world team, you have yeah. competing to, to make the team you have, um, Clark, who's going to wrestle for Germany. You have yeah. Rivera, who's going to wrestle for Puerto Rico. Yeah. Like, it's crazy how deep that weight is, like, on a world yeah. level where, man, that's that's wild. Um, let me ask you this about NCAAs. Sure. Penn State goes five for five in the finals. Yeah. An amazing accomplishment. Yeah. What was it like for you when you watch Roman win in, you know, Roman – Fix is, is an awesome kid. I, I feel bad that Roman beat him because he's such a nice kid. Yeah, but like watching watching that energy, what is that like going into your match? Um, you know, it's always nice at wrestling after Roman. Um, I think we wrestled on the same mat the entire tournament. So I uh I I know it's like he always puts on a big show. So I never really have to worry about impressing the crowd because I know they're just going to be coming off a really big high. So um, it's, it's nice. I, I think with all those guys, I, um, we put a lot of like work in with the team this year, just as far as getting our team, you know, working together and, you know, feeling like a team and uh, you know, we have a lot of different personalities and they ended up blending really well. And so, um, you know, it was just kind of a, for me, it felt like a lot of work had paid off whenever, you know, all those guys won. Um, and it was just kind of like a perfect ending to my career, really. Um, and I, I, you know, and it, it's not due to me. It was due to all these other guys' work. So, you know, I'm really grateful for that. Um, and, you know, I hope I get to wrestle, you know, after Roman consistently again at some point. But I don't know if that will ever be the case. Unless he goes into freestyle, I don't know if he's going to go into fighting. Everyone's wondering what his plan is. Only he knows. Maybe he doesn't. No, he know, he so. doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. I talked all the time about it. I yeah. don't think he knows. Yeah, but I mean, it, I mean, it, it'd be cool if you guys were, you know, sixty-one, sixty-five wrestling back to back. Yeah, that'd be super cool. Um, when it comes to two different questions, I was going to ask yeah. at the same time. I got to sure. separate them. So, firstly, when you know, I feel like when Penn State won five in the finals. Yeah in 2017 i want to say it was and now they did it again yeah 
I feel like you get so attached to stars and by the time yeah. they graduate, they're a star. And then when they're, when, when kids come in and are freshmen, it takes that time. And I feel like it takes for the most part, I feel like it takes the entire career yeah. until maybe like their senior year is like the highlight reels or whatever. But that those first three, four years, it usually feels like we're building. And yeah. it always seems like with successful sports teams, I don't care what sport, it feels like this is the best. It, like it's yeah. never going to get better than this. Like yeah. leaving the Penn State side of things, obviously you're going to stay in Ruston State College under the NWC, but leaving the Penn State side of things, like do you see this happening again? Like five national champs? Absolutely. I mean, I see having six national champs. You know, I see having more. Um, and that's always been, you know, my personality. I think, you know, everyone is kind of like, oh, you know, like you said, like, oh, this is the bet. This is as good as it gets. Right. You know, this is as good as it gets. But I mean, we, uh, I mean, whenever we look forward at, you know, who we have coming in and stuff, you know, we're always thinking, you know, more national champions. Right. So um, while that was probably, you know, for us, I think that, we looked forward and kind of saw that yeah. happening. Um, we also fell short in some areas, um, you know, at the other five weight classes. So um, just being someone who is really loves the program, you know, I'm really happy about my performance and stuff. And, you know, I couldn't be happier, but at the same time, there's, you know, the other in the back of my head, I'm thinking, okay, uh, how do we score points at these other weight classes and how do we get a national champ at, uh, 157, 125, you know, how, how are we going to do that? And then, um, you know, now I'm thinking about, well, how am I, how are we score? How are we maintaining a national championship at 141 now, uh, yeah. that I'm gone. Right. So we're always kind of thinking about that, but yes, I mean, I, I see six national champs, seven national champs, you know, for it. And, you know, maybe it's not Penn state and maybe it's further in the future, but, um, it's, I think it's one of the laws of nature that whenever you get some, uh, you know, success, you know, in one area, that success is going to be further concentrated, you know, for a certain amount of time. So um, I see Penn State continuing to improve on five national champions. And, you know, maybe I'll eat my words. But well, think about it, like to, <laughs> yeah. to, to play the Penn State fan side of it. Yeah. Carter, Brooks. And if Roman comes back and Dean right there, you have four returning national yeah. champs. Yeah. Kirk is right in the mix. He really is. Like he he's is. right I, I there in the mix. Don't overlook him because that dude is like, I mean, I don't know if people saw his match with Gable, but I mean, uh, the score, I don't think necessarily reflected how close that match was. And, yeah. um, but, but Kirk is really, really good. And so he, he's definitely in the mix. And it's funny you say that too. One more thing I just thought of at church this morning, Calvary Chapel Westside, best church on the planet, best pastor, Dave Tomaso on the planet. But he was talking about how faith isn't just contagious. Fear is mm -hmm. contagious. Yes, it is. And, and when you start talking about a team dynamic, if people are scared or if people are down, that's just as contagious as faith and anything else that when you talk about success or work ethic, those things are all contagious. Like I love being around hard workers. And it's one reason why. Yeah. I love talking to guys like you who have had success in a completely different vertical than I have because there's so many similarities to yeah. success in business, success in sports, which is actually the other question I wanted to ask you. Yeah. For people listening to this who want to have that level of success, yeah. I don't care if it's wrestling success or if it's you know outside of that, back to back, you did something that very few people do, 10 people a year do. Um, in you know, the number of people who even make it to college wrestling is small, yeah. let alone win it. The level of success it takes to do that is unbelievable. What do you think has helped contribute to that success the most? Where if somebody's like, Nick, how could I emulate your success? Yeah. Where would well, you point them? I think that besides um, telling them to go to Penn State. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that that is a nice first step. <laughs> But, um, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily, um, you know, a natural athlete or anything like that. Like, you know, far from it. I was, you know, I'm pretty clumsy, um, with whenever I play, you know, other sports, 
Um, I really sucked at wrestling for, you know, most of my early career uh, whenever I was a kid. Um, and, you know, just kind of, you know, I, you know, I wasn't, I don't want to say I wasn't gifted, but, you know, cause I was gifted with, you know, great parents and, you know, a great upbringing, but, uh, you know, physically I'm nothing special. Right. And that, so I am now, but <laughs> it's because of a lot of hard work. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, I think that number one is, uh, persistency. And I think, you know, people kind of we touch on that as far as, you know, a really good character trait whenever people are young, but persistency is really important. Um, you know, failure is, is just, that's like the first step in success. And so I think, you know, something about me is, you know, whenever I lose or don't do as well, it's, you know, I don't quit. I think about it sometimes, but I don't, right. Yeah. I, you know, suck it up and, and keep going. And, you know, that's just kind of the way it is. Right. So, um, you know, whenever things don't go your way, focus on what you can control, um, being persistent. Um, and then I think gratitude is also something that's very important. Um, and gratitude is something that everyone's talking about now. Um, and you know, we always have, but I think, you know, taking a serious look at what is gratitude and, you know, how do you express gratitude? That's something that, you know, I'm always thinking about myself, right. You know, you have all these people helping you, um, and you know, you're blessed in so many certain ways. So how do you, um, actually, you know, act out gratitude and, um, you know, that's something that's hard to put into words. And I think it's different for everybody. Um, but, uh, you do need to, you know, think a little bit deeper, you know, on those, on that level. And then, um, another thing I would say would be as far as, you know, the fighting spirit, the winning attitude, you know, the positive attitude that people talk about with Penn state. Um, it's not something that can be, um, it's not something you can fake, right? It's not like a fake until you make it thing. It has to be authentic. Um, and yeah. so, um, I think I would boil that down to just being yourself. Uh, for me, you know, I've never been willing to try to, um, you know, adopt the personality of someone who I thought was really successful, successful, right? I'm not going to adopt Kale Sanderson's personality and I'm not going to adopt, uh, David Taylor's personality. I'm going to, um, be myself. And so, um, you know, Kale Sanderson didn't get to where he was by, you know, acting like someone else, right. He, he was himself, he was authentic. And so I think everyone, you really have to be yourself and then, you know, take your core values and apply that to what you do every day. Um, and you know, that's not even, um, you know, nothing, none of that has to do with wrestling specifically at all. Yeah. That's just in general. Um, and so, you know, I'm hoping that I can take those skills and character traits and apply them to other areas of my life. At least that's the plan. Yeah, no, for sure. I think you're spot on because I try to work all those things into the success that I've had. And it's yeah. so it's so, so crucial. Yeah. Switching gears a little bit from NCAA to senior level. Yeah. You're now competing officially on the senior level even though you had a hell of an Olympic trials last year. Yeah. You weren't <laughs> I don't know compete. where that came from, but <laughs> <laughs> you weren't going to compete even in the world team trials this year. No. Well, and I then... got bored. <laughs> so that, that's what I was going to say. What happened? Like you just, I, uh, well, I was in Mexico with uh, Zane and Gilman and they were competing um, in the Pan Ams yeah. and I was down there and I was like, man, like, well, I'm like, I, I'm a single guy. I live alone in state college and I train a lot now. I don't have classes. And so, um, like going on trips with my friends, basically, I know it's my teammates, but they're my friends too. That's yeah. a lot of fun for me. So, uh, I wasn't going to, you know, I kind of wanted to maybe, you know, take a little bit of time off after the college career and stuff, but I went to uh, Mexico and then we got back and I was like, you know what? I, I might as well just go. All my buddies are going. I don't want to sit around at home and, you know, rest of the college kids. So I decided to go and, you know, it's not, I don't want to take anything away from like, you know, the guys who were successful because I did, you know, prepare as well as I could. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm not in bad shape or anything like that. So, um, you know, I definitely wrestled well, but yeah, I think, uh, for me, I was thinking, well, my place is competing, you know, beside my friends. So that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Yeah, and it was awesome. Do you have like an official? I I know Roman was on here not too long ago. I believe he said you guys want to go compete in the fall. Yeah, 
maybe do you have like yeah. a game plan already set um yeah we're kind of there's no set game plan we kind of have a, a rough idea there's a couple tournaments um in eastern europe and uh that's hard right now obviously because of what's going on in the ukraine um so you know everything is kind of up in the air but we we're looking at international tournaments to wrestle and i think you know as we enter that uh international scene it's just good to compete because um you know competition opportunities are limited you know once you're out of college and you know maybe that's something you want to talk about but um so it's it's we just want to try to compete anywhere we can uh, but yeah, I think in the fall is, is a good spot to look. And, uh, obviously we have guys getting ready for the world championships, world, world championships and stuff now that we'll be helping get ready as well. Yeah. It, it's just crazy by the way that the NLWC put four on the world team. And it's yeah. funny because we talk about Penn state five national champs out of 10 and here NLWC just put four on the senior world team mm-hmm. and it, it's crazy you know, we talk about potential for Penn State. The upside in the LWC it is just so crazy. Somebody, I yeah. laughed, a, a Penn State fan was tweeting about, you know, will we see a <laughs> will we see a full Penn State world team next year? And they basically <laughs> listed it out <laughs> or a full yeah. NLWC. But the, the talent is there. I think that was mm-hmm. the point of it, unless they were just dead serious. But what is it like being that where it's amazing having the accolades you have already and yeah. being in a room where people are just, there, there's no stop. There's no like Olympic I, champs, um, world champs going for more. It's crazy. I like, I just don't believe sometimes like where I'm at and the room that I'm in and the people I'm around. Like I, I reflect um, not daily as it should be, but you know, probably every week I like sit and I'm like, holy cow, like I'm literally you know, going on trips and, you know, side by side and working with Kyle Snyder, Kale Sanderson, David Taylor, you know, all these Olympians, Franklin Gomez, uh, all my coaches, you know, I'm like, I'm holy cow. Like I'm with these guys and, you know, my goals are the same thing as their goals right now. And I just like stop and it's kind of surreal. Like, I don't believe that, you know, me, I'm just Nick Lee. I'm from, you know, Evansville, Indiana. Like what the heck am I doing here with these guys? So, I get a little bit of imposter syndrome sometimes, but, um, you know, it's kind of, it, it's like such a blessing. I, I can't believe that I'm there. And, and the thing about all those guys is yes, they're extremely successful, but once you get to know them and like the level of human beings, they are too, it's like even more incredible. Then I get even more imposter syndrome. I'm like, what the heck? These are like superhumans, yep. you know, in every sense of the word, you know, spiritually, emotionally, physically. And, you know, here I am, working with them. So it's, I'm incredibly grateful. And, uh, it's something that I can't, it's hard to put into words really. And, um, yeah, it's awesome. It's just going to be, you know, a cool experience. And, you know, I learn a lot from them every day and hopefully I can pass that on to my kids if the, if they ever come. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they'll come, trust me. So you mentioned spiritual and that's actually one thing I want to talk to you about. Yeah. Um, Galatians four sixteen <laughs> is in your Instagram bio, your Twitter bio. I know what it means. Talk about what it means, not only the verse, but what it means to you. So um, I don't have the verse memorized word for word, but it's along the lines of, um, you know, because I've told you the truth, uh, you are now my enemy, Um, something along those lines. And I think the idea is that uh, truth is hard to hear sometimes. Um, And so, you know, initially I, um, I forget where I saw it, but it was, uh, it was interesting because I've always been someone that's, pretty blunt with people, you know, I'll tell them what I think. And, um, a lot of times that doesn't make them happy. Um, and, but I, I, it's always coming from a good place. Right. And so I I thought it was funny because sometimes you're honest with people and they don't want to be your friend anymore. So I think it's, and then looking at it from the other side of it, I want to be perceptive whenever people are telling me the truth, um, being a high level athlete, being someone who's successful, sometimes you're not getting enough criticism about things that uh, you need to be criticized for. And so um, I am worried sometimes that I'm not, you know, getting criticized enough. And so go on the message boards. Yeah. 
maybe I should. Right. But uh, I think it's by the right people too. Right. right. So, um, you know, and so sometimes whenever someone, you know, says something that's a little bit critical, I get defensive. Um, and you know, that's a little bit of my ego as well. And so, um, for me, it's just remembering that if someone is being critical of you and, you know, you know, that they have your best interest in mind, you know, don't not like them for that, you know, take that, accept it and try to work from it. And then also for me, it's kind of, you know, there's a little, it's a little bit of humorous for me because, um, I just kind of know my own history with, you know, telling people what I think and stuff. So. Well, and that's another thing. It, it was really funny. We talked for like an hour on FaceTime one time because you were playing maybe Call of Duty. I forgot what it was. It was but- uh, probably Apex Legends. Me and uh, Chenzo <laughs> were, were pretty good at that at one point. So you were you were playing and I think we had just messaged or something on Instagram yeah. and you accidentally video called me on Instagram, but we ended oh, up yeah. talking <laughs> for an hour yeah. because you'll, you'll go through times where you're kind of like me, you'll get more political with what you yeah. share at times. Yeah. And I not only agree with all of your ideas, I think, but yeah. you've always been someone to stand up for yourself. If yeah. you believe something, you'll say it. And yeah. you're not being offensive. You're not trying to, which kind of goes back to Galatians, but you're not trying to offend people. You're just standing up yeah. for what you believe in. And especially in this culture we're in now, where so many people are afraid to be canceled. They're yeah. afraid not to get an NIL deal, whatever it may be. How important is it for you to always stay true to yourself and to say what you want to say without too much worry of, you know, maybe I don't get this deal or what if this person doesn't like me, you know, just kind of staying true yeah. to yourself. Um, well, you know, thankfully I'm in a position where, you know, if I miss out on, you know, some brand deal or something, it's not a huge deal. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm grateful for that, but you know, I think just, being in the position I'm in is a blessing and it's an opportunity for me to speak my mind. Right. And I think that, um, for me, if you have, you know, some thoughts and values that are important to you and you don't express those or you keep them hidden, you're being deceitful, right? You're being deceitful to other people in the world. And, um, that's why I've never understood, you know, why you don't want to hear people's true thoughts, right? You know, one of the foundations of our society and just a foundation of being a human being is, you know, if I have an idea and I bounce it off of you, you need to be able to tell me whether that's a good idea or not. Right. And so if I have an idea, I think it's a great idea. And, you know, I throw it out there and I get a lot of negative feedback. I can come back and say, you know what, maybe I'm wrong about that. Right. Right. Versus if I keep those thoughts, you know, hidden away and I'm never getting feedback on them, then, you know, I don't know if that's a bad idea. I don't know if that's, you know, something that's wrong. And that's just, for me, that's really important. I don't want to be deceitful with others. I don't want to be deceitful for myself. I'm always going to be honest. Right. And so I think we have to also be accepting of other people who maybe have different, you know, beliefs and say, you know what, that is completely contrary to everything that I believe and, you know, I think is right. But can I think about why maybe they think like that? Right. And so, you know, for people that disagree with me as well, I I never, you know, get mad about what, why they believe that, you know, I try to understand it. Um, and then, you know, come back with, you know, why I believe what I believe. Right. And so, you know, without getting, you know, too far into the details, I think being open about, your beliefs, your values is extremely important. And we have to be able to compare and contrast our beliefs and values with people that are different than us. Otherwise, you know, it's like we separate, but no one knows we're separating. And then that all comes to the first surface before you know it. Right. And you see it at a personal level too, right. You know, you're friends with someone and you think you're great friends and you know, you're actually very different inside. You never pull that to the surface, talk about it. And before you know it, you guys aren't friends anymore. Right. Because that all yeah. comes to the surface at the same time. So it's a personal thing. It's a societal thing, but, um, and just in terms of being, you know, a, 
morally sound person, you know, a morally sound person, I think on everyone's metric is going to stand up for what they believe in. Right. That's like basic. Um, and so thinking whenever you think about the person you want to be, do you want to be someone who hides your beliefs out of fear or, uh, do you want to be someone who hides your beliefs, you know, to get ahead in life? Or do you want to be someone whenever, you know, they look back and think about you, do you want to be someone that where they say, ah, you know what, he stood up for what he believed in. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of what I think about, but just for every single reason you should, you should stand up for what you believe in, whether people agree with you or not. Right. So, and I would say that for people that disagree with my ideas. Yeah. And I think it's so important to, to be okay with disagreeing with people. It's so important. Like these friends, like there's people who, if you don't think the same exact way politically, Yes. They don't, they hate you. They don't want to be friends with you. It's like, I have my best, my, some of my best friends from college, like my best friends, I would, you know, if I was, you know, on my deathbed, I would call them. They have completely different political beliefs than me, completely different. And it's just very, and they, but they have the same values that I do of, you know, being able to appreciate a person for, you know, who they are and not, you know, you know what they think about gas prices <laughs> so right and i i find myself i don't know if this is just as i'm getting older now i mean i'm 37 yeah. years old as when i when there's somebody who i know they're on the opposite end of the political spectrum as me and and they they want to man, maintain the friendship as much as i do i almost find more respect there than yes. somebody who just who who they're a friend of mine but they think exactly like me yeah that doesn't take as much courage sometimes as being no. friends with someone who thinks exact opposite of you in being able to have that dialogue. It's super yeah. important. Yeah. I mean, well, that's what, you know, if we're going to be real, that's what the United States is built on is people that disagree, you know, coming together and, and having an understanding for a society, right. You know, the societies that, you know, crumble and the societies that, you know, fall into violence and stuff are societies where, you know, uniform belief is enforced. And I think that, you know, historically, that's just true. So, you know, we have to appreciate each other's differences. And, you know, people say diversity is our strength. You know, that's true. And diversity of thought is part of that. And that's goes for, you know, everybody on the political spectrum, because I know people that have, you know, the exact same beliefs as me, and they're not as accepting of, yeah. you know, people that have other beliefs. They're like, well, I don't want to be their friend. Well, that's not how this works right if you want something from the other side you have to also give that in return so um that's just kind of what i think and you know i'm I'm an optimist with people i always see the best in them um probably to a fault so that's just my personality (laughs) i i you know i want to i want to connect with people yeah yeah we might need to start the political podcast next that that might be the next thing you you if you want to cut your viewership in half (laughs) Oh man. Um, going back to, to wrestling, one thing that I wanted to talk about with you, not necessarily about your career, just, just talking wrestling a yeah. little bit yeah. is the fan issue and the final yeah. X issue. And I'll give my perspective and, and you can give yours. Sure. Cause I haven't done a show since it, I was like appalled. And I know you were, cause I saw your post at the <laughs> world team trials, like yeah. watching the finals and you're like, glad everybody showed up yeah i think number one that this the world team trials process is too long you go to the open in vegas to qualify then you have to go to in essence the final x qualifier at the world team trials and then you have multiple dates of final x which i like fell asleep and woke up twice and it's crazy how long it is i think that number one we need to go to smaller arenas, mm-hmm. go, put the world team trials in a rec hall in, a, yeah. in Philly and some of these smaller event event venues where, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, like seeing these big moments with no fans in the stands. I don't know Thanks your perspective from the athlete being on the mat, but just watching it, it's like, it's so lackluster. I'd rather if we can't put people in the seats, take the seats away. We don't yeah. need that big of a venue. Go to a smaller venue, streamline the process. And, you know, for final X, I'd love to see men's freestyle 
all the matches. Maybe that's one event, and then another event, women's freestyle, and then another another match, Greco. I hate this interweaving them all. I want to watch all the men's freestyle matches. I want to watch all the women's freestyle yeah. matches. And I want to watch all the Greco matches. And on all three styles right now, I think we have the best talent we've ever had. There's yeah. insane men's freestyle matches. Some of these women's freestyle matches, honestly, the whole lineup was, yeah, I agree. was, was pretty dang good. I mean, Jenna in Jakara was, you know, I'm so bummed for Jenna, but like yeah. those, those types of matches, they can have its own event. Greco, Janjo, mm-hmm. Hancock, um, Kamal Bay, Brax Namos with some college relevance in there. I think all three styles can have its own event and you don't have to have this event on a Wednesday that starts yeah. at two and goes to 11. And I think that I talk about final Lex because I think it's tied into that no fan yeah. thing. Like I saw the wrestling diehards well, that went to New York city, not Oklahoma. They're not going to both. Yeah. I, um, I have a couple of thoughts on it and, you know, I think everyone's going to have, you know, their own idea, but I want to clarify, you know, that post, that's not a dig at the fans, right? You can't force someone to go see something they're not interested in. Yeah. Right. That was a dig. I think, you know, probably a little bit at, you know, the venue, the organizers, right. It's, it's a great, like we talked about this. I was a great face wrestling. My favorite duel, I think ever in my whole career was this past year at Iowa. Right. I mean, those fans are awesome. So, you know, you can't, you know, blame the fans for not showing up. It's, it's obviously something they're not interested in. And so the question is, how do you build interest? Um, and I think, unfortunately, you know, a lot of the interest for men's freestyle wrestling comes from collegiate wrestling, right? The reason why a lot of people are going to these men's freestyle events is because they want to see their college wrestlers. At Oklahoma State uh, in Stillwater, where the final X was, all those fans were there to see Jordan Oliver and Dayton Fix wrestle, yep. right? Not all of them, but most of them. Um, so that's just kind of a reality. Um, you know, one of the things I think about is if I'm a college kid, I just, I haven't wrestled freestyle necessarily before I'm getting towards the end of my career. Let's say I'm a junior. Um, I just finished the national tournament. I'm qualified for, or I'm not qualified for the world team trials yet. I have to go to the U S open in a few weeks and then I have to go and I have to place top seven or whatever it is. And then I have to go to the world team trials and then I have to go to final X and I just finished my college season. You know, I'm ready to take some time with my family. I'm not going to do all that. Right. And not only am I not going to do all that, but why would I go do all that? Because what is the, what's the compensation for me there? Right. And I think wrestling's always been about the pursuit, right. It's not about the money and it's not about, you know, the fame or anything like that, but those are realities that you have to consider. And so, you know, I feel like it's a little bit rushed after the college season. And I understand that, you know, freestyle and college has to be separate, but the reality in the United States is that college wrestling will always be, you know, the biggest event. And so, you have to consider that and you have to take that into account as you're making these, you know, organizational decisions. Um, people love to watch their college wrestlers wrestle, right? I mean, that's, that's just the reality. So, you know, I don't necessarily know exactly what the answer is. Um, I, I understand that, you know, historically there's been, you know, less interest in Greco and women's freestyle. I think that's changing as people, you know, start to see, that intertwined with men's freestyle. So I think that has been helpful. And so I don't necessarily know if, you know, splitting them up is the best, but you know, I don't know. I think there's, there's some answers out there. And then as far as the venue, right. I think you're right. If you see no fans up there, who the heck wants to wrestle in front of no fans? I certainly don't. I just got done with a career where I'm wrestling in front of thousands of fans. That is awesome. That is awesome. And, and, um, so you have to figure out a way to make it interesting. You know, maybe you pick some more, um, you know, smaller venues, but more, you know, upscale venues. Maybe that's something, you know, like theaters and stuff like that. Um, you know, that could be an option, um, you know, uh, go to casinos and say, Hey, like you guys do nightly shows or whatever. Like maybe let's make, you know, a round of wrestling, you know, part of your, you know, nightly show or whatever it is. So um, there's Brutus did gotta, that and they killed it. Yeah. 
they killed it. Yeah, that's that's what I heard. And so I think um, it's uh, you got to think outside of the box. Um, I agree with you. You got to shorten the process a little bit to make the world team. Um, you know, I'm you know I'm not a uh, I'm not learned necessarily on you know how all that works, but um, there's we got to think outside of the box, and we know something has to change. And um, I think this year specifically, everyone kind of you know saw that something needs to change. So I think that's the first step. That's a good step. And, you know, I, I think I tend, like I said, I tend to be an optimist. I think they're going to see that they're going to start making some changes and, um, you know, hopefully it's to everyone's liking. So, yeah. And, you know, it's a blessing and a curse that the U S is so dang good. Yeah. Because it, it's a blessing for obvious reasons. The curse to that is when you have an event like the world team trials qualifier tournament, you don't see Snyder. You don't see Gilman. You don't see Burroughs. Yeah. You don't see all of the stars that yeah. make you want to tune in. And that's one of the fun things about NCAA is. And for anybody who says that the reason world team trials and us open don't have fans is because it's freeze on that folk style. You don't know how the world works because yeah. this is all about the college casual fan. They yes. want to root for a team. And one yes. of the one of the things about NCAA's that's so fun is everybody's there. You can see the upsets. You can see will the number one yeah. hang on and win? Who yeah. goes on that run? Who, yeah. who pulls off those upsets? It's fun. So if the fan sizes or if the athlete pool is going to be smaller, and yeah. you can't draw that big of a crowd. Yeah. Go talk to my friend named Kevin in Philadelphia who will devote yeah. his next year of his life to yeah. getting people in the Palestra. I forgot how to pronounce yeah. it, but I think that's how you say it. <laughs> like he will pack that place. Like there are passionate people and I was a great wrestling community, but you hit the nail on the head when their college fan who's tuning in to see, you know, will we win the national championship? Where are we against Penn state? They're tuning in for all these storylines. If you take those all away and it's just a couple of their guys wrestling, I also think, and I don't know either what the 100% answer is. I'm sure Willie has the perfect answer. Yeah, but <laughs> sure. You, you need to kind of maybe choose this closer to timing, and I know it takes time to plan events, but based on who's going there, if, if all the Iowa stars were there, there's definitely more people that are going to be there. So, Absolutely. you know, no matter what, you're never going to have the perfect scenario, this and that, but there's little things that you can do that way too many empty seats. Let's take some away. These towns that have massive, you know, even when the world team trials was in North Carolina a couple of years ago at NC state, mm -hmm. they packed that place. Those yeah. fans wanted to see that. So yeah, I definitely think the process and you know, for me, the final X thing was, like I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's OCD, whatever. I'm just so consistent. I want to see everybody in a row who makes the men's freestyle team, everybody in a row who makes the women's freestyle team. Yep. And I'll honestly probably even watch the Greco because we do have more Greco talent right now. I think than yeah. we ever, ever have. I mean, when you have matches like um, Hancock and Braxton Amos, I'm tuning in every time for that. So yeah. we have the talent, talent pool. I agree. That, even if, even if you put them on three mats going on at the same time, I think that's fine. Yeah. So I, I don't know. What is it like for you when you're, you know, obviously it's about, you just said it's about the destination or it's about the journey there. Yeah. But you know, it is a reality that you go from wrestling at the little Caesars arena, which is packed from top to bottom. The rafters are filled with media. The floor is filled with people and every seat is filled and there's people rooting for you, rooting against yeah. you, rooting for the stories. And then you go to an empty arena and it's like, man, yeah, I mean, what are the stakes? You know what I mean? That's, that's what you have to ask. And, you know, obviously, you know, the reason people want to wrestle to make the world team is because they want to be the best in the world. And that's going to come with, you know, that's going to come with some reward. If there was, you know, no reward other than oh, I'm the best in the world, you know, there's no fame, there's no you know money, anything like that. I don't, why would people do that? Right. So it, it you know, they would devote their time, being the best at something else that's a little more rewarding right so there is a reward there is you know a light at the end of the tunnel um but you know the beginning of that tunnel is not looking so great so um 
you know, I don't, like I said, I, I don't necessarily know what the answer is coming off of the college career where there is, you know, so many fans, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm adjusting um, and I'm going to have to adjust, I guess. But um, like I said, there's got to be stakes. I mean, Iowa fans, whether, whether I'm a great wrestler, whether I wrestle Iowa style, I wrestle at Penn state, they are going to cheer against me no matter what. Yeah. Right. And then if you go to, you know, these men's freestyle events, it's a lot of, you know, wrestling fans and, you know, it's, they're usually pretty educated about the sport and, you know, they appreciate the sport, but they're not going to hate any wrestler and they're not going to cheer against you. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's, you know, healthy or, you know, the best way to go, but it's part of the fun of college yeah. wrestling is that man, like Iowa, oh, they hate Penn state and they're going to go do everything they can to beat Penn state. Right. That's awesome. And so that like, that's what brings people in. You know, it's, you know, a big rivalry, right? We talked about rivalries earlier. That's something that is really good for the sport. And so, um, and I don't think negative attitudes about it are helpful either, right? We, we, I think we all understand that it's not where we want it to be. And so let's, you know, have a positive attitude and say, okay, let's think outside the box. Let's do things we haven't done before. And let's figure out, you know, how we can really, you know, pull college wrestling fans to men's freestyle wrestling. I don't think it's going to be easy. Um, but you know, you gotta do it bit by bit and, and, you know, figure out and we can't take steps backwards. No. And I think too, it's important. You said, I'm glad you said that it's important that I feel like we, we keep bringing everything full circle. Criticism is good, but your tone and how you say it, that's why, like, as soon as I start, started seeing people talk about the fans, I'm like, I'm gonna put an article with why I think this something value to contribute. And anybody can go to medium.com, a million other resources and put up anything you want on the internet and send everybody you want a link. So I think it's great that if you don't like something, contribute your ideas. And that's why I had said, I can only speak to me in the case of why I didn't go, let's say to the world team trials. I would have loved to go, but I looked at the travel. There was long flights with layovers that, I'm like, number one, at the time, my son was three months old. I have a yep. three-month-old, and it's like wrestling is a hobby for me that I try to give back to the sport, and I consume yeah. it as a fan. It's very hard to justify traveling all day Friday and all day Monday to go sit in an arena Saturday and Sunday. And you're, we're going to do that because we love wrestling, but we're only going to do that so much. And yep. when I just went to Detroit, and left my <laughs> newborn son from Wednesday to I left Saturday night. I think I was standing with you with my suitcase in yeah. the tunnel. Cause I'm like, I remember that I, I got to get home to my son, like my wife, like this is too long. So I think like that taste was in my mouth a little bit. And again, he's so young. My wife wanted to come. She loves wrestling, yeah. but it's like when you have all this travel, I got to basically sacrifice four days for a hobby. But we won't we won't hold it against you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like if the travel was easier, like I suggested Philly, I'm okay with a one hour flight early Saturday morning, stay over Saturday night, fly home Sunday night, something easy yeah. like that. I'm there for me, my preference. And I think that if you take away travel time and you make traveling smaller, the travel the travel time smaller, I think more people can justify it. Mm hmm. Because, like, if I can fly to Philly and fly home Sunday night, that's an extra two days of a hotel I don't need. That's shorter yeah. travel time. I don't have to sacrifice two days of work. It's like, so I do think we need to put them in cities that are more easily accessible. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I would have to agree. I'm a big, the Penn State drive for me is three and a half hours. So I don't mind that one. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's <laughs> I'm, easy. I, I'm sure you wouldn't mind it being anything. Well, my parents, my parents drive like eight hours for every bill. So, are you in Indiana now? I'm in uh, Evansville right right now. That's my hometown. My parents don't actually live here anymore. Uh, my they moved to Michigan, but uh, I'm I did a camp uh, for my club. I did a clinic at one of the local high schools. So I'm in Evansville right now. Um, just kind of hanging out. I always stay with one of my high school buddies. So yeah. By the way, last thing, and I'm gonna let you go enjoy the Sunday. Sure. You're in Evansville. Made me think of the dealership commercial you did. How cool yeah. is that for you? That was really cool. That was kind of the first, you know, thing that I did uh, as far as NIL goes. And, you know, I'm not obviously bound by NIL, 
NIL anymore. So, you know, I'm working with um, a couple of different, uh, I'm working on a couple of different projects right now and I can go over those. Um, yeah. But that was, uh, that was really cool. Um, it's people that, you know, I trust and I've worked with uh, before, right. It's, um, you know, a family friend. Um, the, uh, the guy's name is Eddie Gable. Um, and, you know, we're friends with the Gables. There's a lot of Gables in Evansville. It's a very German area. Um, so people in Evansville won't know which Gable I'm talking about, but, um, you know, it's, it's people that I trusted. Yeah. So I think that was really cool. Um, and so, you know, we did it all, you know, by the books and everything, but it was, you know, a fun project. And I think part, you know, people think of NIL and they're like, Oh, I'm going to do these big deals. I think for me, it was nice to you know be able to do something for, you know, in my hometown for, know my friends and uh you know people that look at me and you know see someone that you know they trust as well so i think you know it's uh cool to be able to give back in that way yeah what what projects are you working on right now uh well so um i'm working with a company called compel um and uh you can go to getcompel.com if you're interested in learning about it it's a um it's a topical skin and surface cleanser and um it's a really incredible product it's all natural uh it's plant powered um, and it's a really incredible product. I mean, it's done, uh, all kinds of things for me. I, I had a big old ringworm before the big tens, um, and I didn't go see my trainer and it, you know, got rid of that in two days. Um, you know, I think if you go to their website, you can see, um, what traditional mat cleaner does to your mats and what compel does to your mats. Um, traditional mat cleaner does not totally clean your mats. I mean, there's all kinds of gunk on there. So, um, it's a really good product. I would encourage, you know, coaches and parents to go see it. I saw a kid at clinic on Friday that had like four massive ringworms. And I was just <laughs> like, what? Like you're letting him come home like that. So I would encourage people to go check it out. And then um, we're in the very early stages of this, but my dad and I are starting in a pair line. Um, so I can't share too much, but we're in the very early stages. We're pretty excited about it. It's been a fun project to work on. So, yeah. We might have to have on the bash solution side, a little conversation about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. That'll be cool. I, I can't wait to, to see what you do uh, professionally, you know, outside of wrestling, you're a great human. And I know it's, it's been fun for me to watch wrestlers with success in their personal lives that I know, because that success, those traits, like you talked about, it's not like you told everybody wake up at five o'clock and practice your double leg shot a hundred times. Like it, it's no. character <laughs> traits and those, yeah. those trickle over to success um, out of the mat. So I'm excited yeah. for that, man. So that's all I got for you. Um, yeah. I appreciate you having me. Enjoy your Sunday in Evansville. And by the way, one more point on yeah. competitors being like respect of each other. Yeah. I love the, the quick exchange yesterday where yeah. you texted me a kid in evansville yeah. wearing yanni's squirrel shirt and you're like yeah. send this to yanni i send it yeah. to yanni yanni's like nick lee's the man yeah <laughs> like, well i'll tell you like it's interesting because me growing up i would not have known like any college wrestlers or anything you know what i mean so it's for me just in my college experience i feel like college wrestling has now received so much more attention yeah and Evansville, Indiana, and which is my hometown. And so that's like really awesome for me to be able to see that, you know, not only are people just, you know, Penn State fans now, but they're just getting involved in college wrestling in general. And like, yeah. you know, you know, liking watching college wrestlers that are really good. And um, so for me, just seeing my, you know, my hometown is a lot of people stick around. Um, you know, it's a wonderful town to raise children in. It's a great town to grow up in. Um, and and but not a lot of people had kind of you know division one college aspirations and yep. so i always like to see now you know maybe kids are looking they're looking a little bit higher than maybe they would have before so you know that's awesome for me to see it's also cool just to see wrestling get that attention where fans are being created yes. you yep. know and and i love like i think that's one area where nil kind of opened up doors because when you're watching you yanni others and then you can go buy a shirt right away. Like you don't have to wait another year to buy a Yanni yeah. shirt. Now you can get one at that yeah. kid's age. Yeah. And you know, I think that creates more interest because now you're that much more loyal. You're that much more invested. You're not yeah. going to buy a Yanni shirt and now not watch him next year. Exactly. Or 
if you buy a Yanni shirt and then he's competing at the trials at this, at that, yeah. the world championships, you're that much more likely to yeah. uh, follow that person. So I do think NIL has done. done are you still selling your shirts? Um, yeah. So uh, the online store was closed for now. Um, and I just ran out of my, <laughs> I just ran out of my physical copy. So they're selling really well. Um, so <laughs> I'm working on getting some more out there. So uh, for those that missed it, we will, we'll have more on the market soon. Yeah. So make sure you're following Nick on, uh, on Instagram and Casey finally got you on Twitter. I'll link up in the description, um, Nick's Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you're following. I don't him. even know my handles. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, Nick, I will speak to you later, man. Thanks for making the time today. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Awesome. See you, man. And the beat goes on.